It's Footy and Frothies, uh, September 16th, 2021. Semi-final review show and uh, probably a preview at the end as well. A big week of uh, elimination footy. Four more, four more. Four more teams have gone by the wayside. Uh, and as usual, Daggy, Barney and Ollie are here to uh, review it all. Uh, Oliver, you're looking very smart up there, somewhere between uh, Italian mob boss and shifty used car salesman. Uh, how's the week treated you? Yeah, it's been pretty good. I was thinking of putting my little shitty uh, my shades on as well, but I thought that's not that's not professional on this greatest of all evenings, of course. The greatest professional sports award in Australia, at least, is being given out tonight, which I'm very much looking forward to, of course, in our second show that we're recording. But, yeah, not been up to too much, and it was actually sort of exciting tonight, actually getting to dress up a little bit. Um, obviously got no other reason to, so I thought might as well gotten half a tub of hair gel and chucked it in. So we'll see how that goes later when I'm trying to wash it out. Um, but yeah. Very good. And uh, Barney boy, how is, uh, you been a bit crook, mate? Yeah, curled out of my deathbed this morning and went back to work after two days, basically lying in a puddle of sweat and <laughs> trying to sleep it off. But yeah, Monday, the weekend was good. Monday was Monday, but um, woke up in the middle of the night, Monday night, sweating, couldn't breathe and all the rest of it. So I had all the COVID symptoms. It's not COVID, fortunately, wow. but it's close enough too. I think it wasn't real pleasant. Um, I, I managed to make it through the day today back at work, but only just. It's, it's funny, I haven't, I haven't had a sick day for probably nine years, I think. And then as soon as the little monster went to that little germ factory called daycare, I think I've had about 15 days off in the last year and a half. So, Yeah, <laughs> I know the feeling. Don't worry. Comes and goes. You've only got another... Uh, well, they start getting a bit of immunity about them when they're... Once they um, get into school, yeah, yeah another two or three years. Oh, good. Plenty to... Um, Plenty to look forward to there. But, uh, yeah, rest up after this. We'll knock this out for you, hopefully in reasonable fashion, as we always do, and um, get into some news. So not a lot around. Apparently the Daly M, the other award of the season, is uh, going to be a two-night affair uh, a week apart from what I've read here. So they'll do the, a bunch of awards the first time and then uh, uh, blah, 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 okay. some, some, uh, this from NRL.com. The first television event will provide a greater spotlight on the supporting awards, including try and tackle of the year, fan-voted gongs that are traditionally crowned Dally M night and build excitement towards a Dally M medal count a week later. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, I think we know who's getting it, but anyway, we'll... Um, oh, sorry, I'll just read this. Pardon my arming away there. Um, we might even interview the tackle and try of the year contenders and give our thoughts in the next show as well when we get to that. Uh, that's the main news of the week, really. Injury news, uh, Takiyaho's out this week. Uh, it looks like Manu's going to be out, won't be back this year, which we probably could have guessed there. Uh, and signing news, Aaron Shoup has re-signed to 2024 for the Doggies. And Joey Lusick has left Parramatta to St Helens next year for three years, which uh, I guess is a good pick-up for them. Ollie would know better. Yeah, uh, James Roby, their current hooker, who's been going around for them for a, at least 15 years now, I want to say, um, is coming to the end of his time there. And he obviously, it's going to be a huge gap to fill with a player leaving who's been at the club for so long, been the first string hooker for so long. So to bring someone in who's got not only NRL experience, but Super League experience as well. He was the hooker in the 2019 Super League Grand Final for Southwood. Of course, St. Helens beat them. So... Uh, pretty good pickup for them, yeah. Cool. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's it for the news, unless you've got anything else, boys. 
Well, he oh. looks a prospect, the young fella. He um, did a job when he came in for Parramatta and yep. obviously he wants a first-grade first starting spot, so it should be good for his career, I'd imagine. Yeah, you'd have to think he's probably going to win a, a Super League or two within the three years he's over there, so good on him. Yeah, cool. Now with the news, Ollie, from Round the Traps? Uh, well, just before we went on air, and this is one that you might be a little interested in, Daxter, because it's got something to do with your tags a little bit. So apparently Manly want to sign Luke Garner, but they currently can't afford him for next year. And they need the Tigers to release him as well because he's contracted for next season. Now, apparently the club has told Martin DePau that he's free to look elsewhere for next season so they can free up that cap space. So when you, I'm just sort of theorising here, but when you think about it, Manly want Luke Garner. The Tigers have been looking for a prop forward. There's been talks of them bringing Aaron Woods back to the club, interest in Luke Thompson, potentially. Um, and, of course, both players are contracted until the end of next year. So as an incentive for each club to possibly release their man a year early would be to get the other one in exchange. So possibly Garner to Manly next season and to power to the Tigers. But that lasted a bit there. It's just a bit of theorising by me. At the moment, the report is, Manly want Garner, but they're going to have to release to power to do so. Yeah, look, uh, to power, yeah, obviously, play ex Tiger. I think he might have played last time yeah. we got to the finals, actually, if not a year or two after. Um, I think Manly's getting a better side of the deal at this stage of yeah. the game, if it were to happen. Look, my understanding is that he's best mates with Josh Alloway, which is the catalyst okay. to a lot of this. Uh, and I guess we'll see. Guess we'll see where I think there's a lot, a lot of uh, mirror around to, to go on in the next come November, and a lot will probably depend on what happens with the coach. And, and I guess the the extension of that is for the Tigers. From what I've heard again, uh, is that they have given not just Tim Sheens instead of being head of developments now going to be head of football uh, or head of coaching or whatever the title is. Basically, have more of a hands on role with the team, the first grade team as well. So whether that means Maguire stays. Uh, essentially, I believe, reading between lines, it's either going to be Michael Maguire or Cameron Serrato coaching the Tigers next year. I don't think there's any other contenders. Obviously, I'm wrong. I'm not in the in the, uh, in the circle by any means. But uh, I think they want Serrato. If they don't get him, I think they're just going to cop Maguire for another year, given it'll cost them 700k to not cop him. And... Given they've got some money to play with, it's going to be interesting to see which way it goes. There's belief that Serrato can bring in some players. Uh, I, you know, if if Garner goes, we don't necessarily need a Luke Garner. He's fair. I think he's a very good player, one of our better players. Barney, as an impartial, probably agrees with that. Good line runner, blah blah blah. But if it means you lose him and pick up Tarek Sims, uh, I'd know who I would rather in the immediate future for West Tigers. Put it that way. Any thoughts, Dave? Well, it's interesting because Manly probably need the big body into power, and so so do um, the Tigers. So, um, well, that's I mean, they're, they're, I'm not saying it's a bad deal. I, I wouldn't be unhappy with Tapau. Um, Tapau and Tamo don't necessarily float my boat, but Tapau off the bench with uh, Otukamanu and Tamo starting for a year, maybe it's not the worst. Um, I'd probably have Tapau. Uh, Tamo go back to the bench. But that's, I'm only saying it because he's happens, supposedly but... the captain, but that might change in the next six months as well. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I think they probably both need a big body more, more than an outside back. Uh, an outside uh, 
sorry, a back rower because um, both teams seem to have a few of the up, up and coming back rowers coming through. So, um, be interesting to see how that one plays out. I'm guessing Manly have faith in uh, Paseca and Sipley and LOE and um, the other one who I've just forgotten. But their back row is pretty much sewn up anyway. Oh, Jake, actually, well, Jake will end up in the front row. We've, we've said that for a while. Isn't that the likely future for him? I would think so. Might be a year or two away, especially if they're going to keep signing <laughs> signing extra edge back rows. But. Well, I can understand from a manly point of view, move Jake to the middle, have him play 65 minutes, if not 80. Uh, move Schuster to lock and then squeeze Garner in. It's not a bad, yeah, yeah. No, not a bad setup sense. at all. Uh, but well, that's all uh, speculation, which we'll save for our bold prediction show, which is just over a month away. One of our favourite times of the year. But uh, in the meantime, nothing else, boys? No. Okay. Gets oh, Veril's, Veril's suspension. Sorry, oh, yeah. I did do that. So two weeks. A uh, little bit farcical. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, considering the couple of the guys that got fines, um, I thought, if anything, it was as very similar to the, the Paulo incident yeah. with um, shoulder making direct contact to the head. And um, if one of them's getting a fine, I think they should all be getting fines. Or this is another one there. I think it was Schuster. It was very similar. It's a little bit lower, but I, I can't see how Verrill's cops two weeks and Paulo gets a fine. Yeah. I And I think he's pretty clean, Verrill's too. He hasn't had an incident. Yeah. So, yeah. First incident. Uh, add it to Robbo's list, but I, I think they've been really stiff this year, not just injuries, but... Um, to miss Crichton. Yeah, the Crichton for, one was a hell But yeah. two lots of, I think Crichton had, what, six or seven weeks off. They've had uh, Takiyahu miss a couple of weeks. They've had uh, Tupanil miss a week, somewhere along the line. All for the same stuff. So, yeah, I don't necessarily think they've got the better end of the deal. <laughs> Any yeah. thoughts, Oli Condello up there? No, I've got I've to agree with you, Blake. Yeah, I don't know how Verrills gets off any worse than Paulo. Put it that way. Yeah, I think that's all we need to say. But we've got lots to compare. If it's not apples to apples, it's apples to... What's it like an apple? I should have gone oranges to apples and then used a mandarin yeah. or something. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we've got stuff to compare across a few games, which is interesting when we get into our review, uh, which we'll get into because I keep feeling time here and I don't think anyone's going to talk about. <laughs> um, it kicked off with 40 to 12, the storm putting the seagulls through the ringer uh, in a very impressive display. Barney, do you have some stats here? Yeah, they put them on show, really. It was six tries to two, five out of six conversions, played two out of two. And a one out of one two-point field goal attempts from Melbourne and two out of two penalty goal. 90% completion will win your most games, 72% for Manly, 35 out of 39 sets, played 21 out of 29. 170 post-contact metres for the Storm uh, in excess of Manly. Five line breaks to zero, 36 tackle busts to 19, 11 offloads to seven, two force dropouts to one, a zero inside the 10 for both teams, a 40-20 kick by Melbourne, 226 tackles played 309, one ruck infringement apiece, five penalties conceded to nine, five errors to nine, Kenny Bromwich with 28 tackles, Jake with 48, Pappenhausen with 155 metres and Tom with 151. Uh, Munster missed three, made 18. Hughes missed two and uh, made nine. That was the worst for the Melbourne team. Harper missed four and made 16. And Saab made three, missed three. And Dylan Walker missed six coming off the bench. She did play a bit of time, though. Made 22 tackles. Yeah, you said they put him on show, Barney. Do you want to keep going while you're... you're yeah, well, um, 
first 15 minutes, I thought Manly were fairly competitive. Um, but the, it was a lot of this came on the back of Manly mistakes, especially that first try where Cheese um, swooped in after a drop ball from Harper, who had an unusually um, poor game with his hands and his defence, which hasn't been his go for most of the year. But um, yeah, he swooped a night one and got they put Lumi Lumi away for the first try. And then um, again, there was another another manly mistake that handed Melbourne the ball back, and within within 15, well fifteen twenty minutes, the game was pretty much over. And after forty five minutes, it's thirty to six, and Manly are looking around, going, "What the hell is going on?" Um, Manly's first try obviously came from bomb. The second try was I thought it was good thinking, but it wasn't executed well. He was actually I'd look to me like he was going for the touchline and it, he just managed to drill it straight down the middle yeah. of the field. And Saab managed to um, get on the back of a loomy loomy mistake and score um score their points. But there was a fair bit of luck in that, but there was just nothing coming from um I just had a look here. Obviously I've loaded up the stats for I don't think I've seen a meterage a run meter count this bad all season from any game. Out of a, out of a manly team. Uh, when you got oh, Tommy led the metres 150, then Dylan Walker 108. No Ford made more than... Uh, no other Ford made 80... Paseca made 88 metres. And then DC, mm-hmm. but DCE's third in the run metres. That's... Um, Absolutely. That is... Well, they didn't play to their forwards at all, and they didn't no. have a lot of time with the ball as well. Because when Melbourne had it, they completed extremely well, obviously, to get 90% completion. And they just had a game plan for pretty much everything on the field, and especially Tommy. Um, every time Tommy cut back into the middle, there was three forwards there waiting for him, and two of them went at him, and the other one just sort of hung around and waited to see what happened after the first two. But generally, when he came back into the middle, he got absolutely crunched and smashed into the ground. And when he played that sweep play, as soon as they saw that the sweep play was on, the centre and the winger just held their ground, if not backed off a little bit, and shuffled towards the sideline. And then your inside man, generally Hughes or Munster, the quicker man from the inside, just chased extremely hard and pushed him towards the sideline. So then he gets to within 10 metres of the sideline. There's two blokes in front of him, one on his inside. And he's got nowhere left to go. He yeah. ends up pushing his winger into a position where he, he can't still touch has the that, ball. He still gets that mindset. He wants to push that pass as well, which I think absolutely a times uh, will cost him possession, obviously. But. And um, that's... Obviously, you've seen a lot of times where the centers tried to rush up on Tommy, and obviously that's never been a good idea. But the, the way they defended him was is just ridiculous. They um they just corralled him into corners, and every time he came back inside, they made sure that he knew that he was going to get hit. So he stopped coming back inside pretty quick and kept playing on that outside sweep play. He didn't really play down the right a lot, which I thought they missed a bit of a trick out of. Um, mm. He played generally to the left. Um, I thought he could have got a bit more involved with. Ola Katow and Harper on that right side, because as I mentioned, Harper had a, a pretty ordinary night. Um, and in attack, they clearly had plans to run straight at DCE and Ola Katow and Harper. And either side of DCE is where a majority of their attack went. And they went fast at DCE, made DCE make a decision. And then Ola Katow wasn't moving properly on his inside and Harper was going too far on his outside. And there was just gaps everywhere that they ran through and, as I said, they put him on show. Um, that Pappy try where he just pinned his ears back, there was half a gap there and just went straight through. You know, it's obviously he's back in form when you see that kind of thing going on. Um, but, yeah, DCE was Manly's best. He tried everything he could. Um, and Jake was obviously just a workhorse. He just does his job every time he goes out there. But there wasn't much else out of that Manly team that you could mention, I don't think. Um, 
thing that stood out for me was the tackles. When you're making an extra, it was 14 sets of tackles, I'm pretty sure it was, an extra 80-odd tackles. And you know who made them for the Manly team? The Manly forwards made an extra 66 tackles than what the Melbourne side did. Yeah. The the Melbourne forwards, I, I went with their starting forwards and one off the bench, and they made 121 tackles compared to 188 out of your Melbourne out of the Manly side. So, when you're making an extra 11 sets of tackles in your forwards, you've got nothing left to try and do anything with the ball. So, yeah, Ollie, what do you take away from this? Uh, yeah, well, just on Tom Travojevic, probably the smartest thing. Melbourne did with him, and you brought it up, Barney, was actually giving him that bit of space to run on the sweep play because traditionally you'd think at least one player goes up and tries to stop him before he can get any momentum. But it's sort of tricking Tommy into that false sense of security that he's got something going on there. And then they just ambush him and, as you said, drive him towards the sideline, which they did on multiple occasions. And that ended up really frustrating him. And I think he made the probably two or three uncharacteristic errors as well that cost Manly, I think, some good field position. Uh, once or twice as well. Melbourne, it was just the near-perfect performance. You're rarely going to lose a game of rugby league if you're completing at 90%, if you've got pretty much all the ball. I thought Cam Munster was the best player on the field. He had a great performance, one of his better performances of the year, if not his best. Um, Just those sort of big plays as well, sort of, you know, the 40-20, getting his team around the park, simple stuff like that. And Ryan Pappenhausen as well, well and truly, back to form. I actually thought as well, until he went off for his HIA, Dylan Walker was Manly's best. At least when he had the ball in hand, he was the one who looked like he... He's had a pretty good day, Dylan Walker. Yeah, he, he looked like the danger man, quote-unquote, if you will, for Manly. As a 14. One. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah. He's no yeah, good, obviously, as, playing one. But as a 14, yeah. he's been in the conversation with as good a 14s as as has been all year. Um, yeah, I, I thought... And I sort of flagged a little bit in the show. I thought this was a real case of uh, the young Ford pack just not knowing what they were in for. Manly, Manly's Fords turned up and just got hammered and and early. And, and you mentioned those uh, 60-odd extra tackles. A lot of that was first half. Like, a lot of that was they broke them down early, so there wasn't a lot left. But uh, Ola Kowatu, Schuster, and uh, to a lesser extent, your Lawtons were just all fish out of water in this game for a lot of it. Olakwato had a couple of good runs late in the game, I think. Uh, tried hard, but he, as he always does. But um, there's a little, there's a bit, a little bit of uh, all right. So it's good to be flash all year, and it's good to be this and that. But when you get time to win a game, you want your Kafusis and your Fanukans on your side rather than the uh, the no look passer. But uh, you've, you've summed up pretty well the rest of it. I thought they were. I thought Cheese was actually. For 18 minutes of footy was great. He really set he up. He looked like he was going to be better than that. If, that first if he stays on the field, I think they might have won by more. He was absolutely outstanding until yeah. he, he copped was, it. Had uh, two try assists in 18 minutes, yeah, I think it was. he was sensational. Uh, you mentioned Munster and Pappenhausen. When they all came back to it, they did what we said. They went back up through the middle, okay. owned the middle, and that just breaks it. Pappenhausen's the best middle fullback, for lack of a better term, uh, in the comp. We just because he's got that speed where he can just exploit that on a dime, on a two-step. <laughs> Two-step sprint, and um, it was pretty impressive. It was close to a... It was the most complete performance of the round, obviously, uh, and it was close to as perfect finals game as you can get. Now, you mentioned the plan to stop Turbo. Is is this the best we've seen him shut down at his current level? Oh, you're going to see it from now on, I would imagine. That's going to be the yeah. blueprint, um, giving that time, to space on, uh, time and space on the sweet play 
to run him like run him to the sideline. Like the sideline hasn't missed a tackle in 120 something <laughs> years. So if you can get them close enough to the sideline and get them get them on that line, you know what I mean. So especially when there's they not to, a lot of help when Parker no. and Saab aren't going to get you out of trouble. Yeah, that's right. They they need to start either both cutting back inside him or one staying out and one coming back in. Even having another player player chasing him on the, that sweep, which is the Addo and the lesser extent the Walker, like but the Addo car play of I'll yeah. cut back to the right, I'll cut back inside as you're cutting yeah. as you're going that way, yeah. Or even just take him off the sweep play and get him running more of a forty five degree angle rather than a sweep out the back, like sort of a bit more direct with players in motion. But obviously, the the they're going to have to come up with ways to combat it. But I can imagine that's probably the best way to defend the sweep play, no matter who's on the back of the sweep. To be honest. Um, if you've got someone quick enough to chase the man who's sweeping and then your, your two blokes to hold their ground or even concede a little bit of ground and just let them go towards the sideline. but Relies on some, some blokes you can trust as well, I suppose. Absolutely. To, to actually do the job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what do we take away? What do we do with this uh, player of the finals thing? Do we vote? Do we just pick Yeah, up? I think we just keep yeah, doing just keep the 3-2-1 through, through the finals. Yeah. Or the, uh, the Barnabas. Uh, well, you mentioned Munster. I had Pappenhausen 3 Munster two, and uh, tricky after that. Christian Walsh probably won. Actually, is yeah, I'd Harry or Walsh, uh, and Harry was the other one. Cheese obviously would have been headed that way. Ollie, I'm guessing you're flipping the top two. Oh, I'm happy to concede. I think definitely though, Munster and Pappenhausen would have to be the top two. So I'm happy to go Pappy three, Munster two, and if we all agree on Walsh one. Yeah, give Walsh the one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We didn't actually, for someone we didn't even mention, uh, he was fantastic, actually. Uh, the forwards just did a job. None of them really broke open the game, but they completely suffocated the manly forwards, as we mentioned that that could be the case last week. So, yeah. We'll look at, we'll look closer at where to for manly uh, when we get to the preview, I guess, from here. Sure. Uh, Saturday uh, kicked off the Roosters 25, the Titans 24. Oliver's all slicked back up there, possibly with his tears instead of the Dapper Dan. But um, we will talk about this game, though. 15,000 in attendance at country, at, up at Townsville. Barney, what the stats say? And then you can lead us away, Ollie. Can you just relive that last 90 seconds for us, blow by blow? Not blow by blow, but I can definitely remember the last five seconds. That, <laughs> that's pretty well stuck in my mind. No, I've, I've pretty much come to peace with that. With um with Herbert, look, if any of us were in that situation, season's on the line. He's pretty much got three options. Could go himself and probably crash over and score. Give it to Fafita and he scores. Give it to Thompson and he scores. But again, in that moment, in that situation, you think of what do I do? Which like, What do I go with? And at the end of the day, it just got, it was too late and he ended up flicking it out the back and it didn't come off. Unfortunately, uh, Corey Thompson wasn't too happy with him, understandably so. Gave him a bit of a cert, but... Um, we're human at the end of the day, even rugby league players, and I, I can get why he didn't go for any of those three options, which, in my humble opinion, would have resulted in a try and the Titans playing manly this week, but it is what it is. Yeah, the thing that will haunt him is obviously he had three different opportunities in the space of a couple of seconds to make a decision and he made the wrong decision each time. Yeah. Um, yeah. He probably The easy way out would have just been hit Thompson uh, straight up and then if Thompson gets bundled out, he's done the right thing, then that's, you know, 
so such is life. They've made a good tackle. Um, was, I think he was obviously worried with um, Tupu taking the intercepts. He sort of because Tupu didn't come in, didn't go out. He was just sort of floating in the middle. So he's probably worried about the intercepts. So he decided to run. The other option is to turn Fafita back inside, or even hit him early, and then Fafita can I do think, whatever uh, he does. Yeah, the thing is, if you've got your uh, your wrecking ball there ready to go, it's the moment Fafita was put on. Almost put on his planet for that moment to get a ball one on one against a winger to score in a semi final. And his um, get out moment was just drop the ball behind you. The yeah. Titan probably would have picked it up. You know what but I mean? Because yeah. the Roosters are all hunting towards the sideline. If he just dumps it behind him, I think they've still got about 15, 20 seconds to go. Then, you know, someone picks it up and they've got another play. But easy for us all to say here on a podcast. No, of course, suppose, absolutely. But, uh, but, um, the, the, there was another point just, what, 15 <laughs> seconds before that where Firma's yes. gone down the sideline and he just couldn't position Sammy at all. He kept running into his line, kept taking his actual running line off him. He needed to either cut back in and leave Sammy on the sideline or push to the sideline and make Sammy come back in. And he just sort of wobbled between both and Sammy just couldn't get a clear line to run. Which didn't help. What the stats say, Mark? Yeah, we had uh, four tries apiece, three out of four conversions for both teams, one out of two field goals for the Roosters, and zero out of one for uh, for the Titans. One penalty goal out of one attempt for each team. Sixty-seven percent completion for both sides. Twenty-six out of thirty-nine sets played. Twenty-four out of thirty-six. Four line breaks to three. Um, what is that? 20 tackle busts to 46, six offloads to six, one force dropout from both teams, zero 40 20s, 321 tackles played, 308, one ruck infringement to two, two inside the 10s by the Roosters, four penalties conceded by the Roosters, fired by the Titans, 12 errors to 13, and a sin bin to the Titans. Bradley made 49 tackles, Mo made 33, Topo, uh, Tupu with 194 metres, and Jaden Campbell with 182. Kiri Graham may missed six tackles. Drew Hutchinson missed five. There was 22 missed tackles from the starting pack from uh, from the Roosters. Peachy missed four tackles and Campbell missed three. And the forwards from the Titans only missed five tackles between them. Wow. And um, have some nice numbers too, actually. On this. I thought the Roosters forwards owned them for the first uh, 15 minutes or so. I thought it looked like it was going to be very one-sided. And surprise, surprise, um, the injection of their two players uh, turned it around. Although Mo started, didn't he? I tell a lie. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Mo did start. Um, but Lasoni helped when he came on, I should say. Uh, they And then it, it, once they got momentum back and got back in the rest, so I thought the, for the back, well, 55 minutes, Titans were the better team. thought they had the momentum to be, not clearly, but just, uh, and had the momentum to win this game. And I thought they probably bombed a couple of opportunities and uh, ultimately, the ice call, maybe Shepard assisted uh, field goal was the difference. Um, Teddy was fantastic as usual. Uh, Takiyahu had uh, a great game. No, he didn't. He, had, he was off in two minutes. Um, what's my notes here? Crichton uh, had, was Crichton, Tupanua was Tupanua, and the bloke I was meant to rap that's named not Takiyahu was Victor Radley. He was absolutely outstanding. Wasn't he? Probably the best player on the field and just shows mm-hmm. the importance of. Uh, that link 13 when you get a really good one. Um, ability to bust, ability to put blokes through holes, uh, ability to hit people was fantastic. Uh, his best performance of the year. And um, it's probably enough for me because I feel like you'll cover most of the rest. As a result, Teddy looked good. And as a result, 
Uh, a couple of blokes had moments of good around him. Who would I want to rap from the Titans? Well, there's one bloke I want to rap. That's Mo Fodawaka, who <laughs> led the tackle count and uh, I think led the metres count as 150 metres in his 50-odd minutes. Didn't miss a tackle and uh, was very impressive again. And Tino was good too. Uh, for feet, look dangerous. They, you know, they've got some likely types. They just don't have... I think they're going to be an even better forward pack next year, put it that way. But we'll save those reviews for next year. Uh, Barn? Uh, go on, Ollie. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give him the coup de grace. No, <laughs> well, with the Titans, you, you mentioned a couple of bombed opportunities. I thought probably from the, the 20th minute until half time until they actually scored uh, right at the death, that whenever they got within 30 metres of the Roosters line, and most of the time they, they get a repeat set, or a penalty and kick it down there and have really good field position for the whole set and they'd either drop the ball or somehow manage to just take away any momentum they had completely. They were their own worst enemy. The Roosters were the better side for that first half, I think. I, I don't think the Titans were horrible, but it, it was pretty much due to their own incompetence, really, making those errors. And as you said, um, the Roosters' board pack sort of bullied them for a bit, so they really needed to be good in attack and they had plenty of opportunities to do so, and they weren't. That really let them down um, in hindsight. And, yeah, Furman managed to get that try right at the end, but it, it was a poor first half. And then I think the Titans probably were just that bit better in the second half, not to say that the Roosters were bad either, but errors really dominated the game. You brought up before, Barney, uh, 67% completion each there's probably, or we could find one, but I don't think there's been a game this year where both both teams have been that bad in the error count. It was you'd just, have to go looking yeah, for it. it. It was just a shocking display, oh, especially oh, yeah. in finals it'll football. Be a, it'll be a Dragons-Bulldogs game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, th- that's one of the big things I noticed as well. Although the Titans, yeah, they had the edge in, in the second half, I thought, and at the end of the day, I said what I thought about Paddy Herbert. He's, he's human at the end of the day, and he had options, but... Um, didn't take advantage of one, but um, I, I, I heard yeah. this. Apparently, CEO came out it was a day stand and confirmed Toby Sexton was their first choice halfback for next year. Okay, if he plays in this game, do they win? I think mm-hmm. probably. It's a, it's a big call for a twenty-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I know, but I, I I feel like his strength was and has been that. The calm down structure, mm. and I think they could have used it at times here. Based off of what we've seen this season, yes, they probably do win the game if Sexton plays. And to be honest, I'm not sure why Sexton hasn't been the half partner of Jamal Fogarty ever since he's come back. I don't know if the Titans, for whatever reason, thinks they don't gel well together or whatever. Peachy's not been bad at fly Especially baseball. when you're moving both on yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, uh, I yeah, can't yeah, assume exactly. that um, they didn't want to throw a kid into the finals, but they. What a better way to do it, though! Yeah. Like yeah. seriously. But by assuming that, they you know look at the fullback. <laughs> so sure, team mate, go and get it. Like, yeah. Anyway, particularly well, was... when Jaden Campbell's uh, you know, the star of the show, they didn't have yeah. any qualms about that. So yeah. Well, speaking of a, a teenage half, that's um, pretty good. Sam Walker putting the nail in the Titans' coffin. Once again, my hatred for theme is growing. <laughs> when we first him early this year, we lost 35. It was the, same. It was the lost... same. We talked about it. It's the same story. The same. Yeah. 
We, we lost 35-34. We lost 25-24 this time, so I can't wait to be ripping my hair out. Let me Next year, we're, 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 when we when we lose fifteen fourteen and Sam Walker's kicked the field goal after the siren, um, not looking forward to that. But um, yeah, um, I hate Sam Walker, um, <laughs> and always will. Nice way to finish. I'm actually glad I'll let Ollie go first because I wasn't sure how he'd take my take on this game. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably cop some hate for this, but the Titans simply weren't good enough, mate. They were fucking nowhere near good enough. Um, every try that they scored came directly from a Rooster's error. If you go back and look at it, the grubber in behind Ikevalu definitely should have been knocked dead by Ikevalu, got himself in the wrong position. Uh, Wallace's try was absolutely gifted to him from a fucking knock-on off the kickoff straight back to him. He scores underneath the posts. Tino's try again, gifted off a knock-on on the goal line. Um, the only time they actually looked like scoring a point off their own bat was when Fafita ran over three blokes and it was awarded an obstruction, which should never have been called an obstruction in the fucking... In the, for the life of me, we've mentioned it that many times. I hate it. Oh, he caught it on his inside, but nobody was within fucking 10 metres of him when he actually started running over the top of people. So how the hell does that con, con, uh, constitute fucking... Uh, Whatever you want to call it, how does that make it <laughs> constitute a construction? I don't know. Constitute a construction. But, um, yeah, I thought that the Roosters were a much better team for a lot of the game, especially with their attacking play. They looked much better in attack. The Titans were the better team in defense and attitude and commitment. And that, that's what got them as close as they did. Um, and they put themselves in the position to pressure the Roosters to make those mistakes. But they just didn't have that execution in their attack to put this team away, and they probably should have, um, because they, as I said, their defense was better and their their um, their effort was better. They just could not put any points on off their own bat. Um, the, and the halves for Roosters weren't outstanding, but it was it was the blokes like as you mentioned, Radley, carving holes through the middle, Tedesco backing up on the inside of short balls, and just. They just put um, the pressure on the Titans and they cracked. Um, it was a good game, entertaining game, while scrappy for for large parts. It was good 10-minute stretches where it was pretty um, – it got pretty scrappy there. And the one I didn't mention was uh, the the Sammy trip. Was it Sammy? Step back through two blokes. Um just yeah, decent run, but there was yeah. no man, there was no momentum in the play, and it was both Crichton and um, Louis both arm grabbing basically, and they he just strolled straight between yeah. them, scored Old underneath kills. the post. Yeah, um, but I thought, um, is it Louis? The front rower that's going to Liu. Sorry, he did set put a Titans jersey on for the last yeah, fifteen I was, minutes. I was say, <laughs> the he tried to throw the game. The last fifteen minutes of this game were outstanding. <laughs> but um, I had Radley with the three points. I thought he was yeah. by far the best player on the field. I had Teddy with two, and then I gave Mo the one because I thought, again, I know we're probably a little bit biased because we bump his tires up every week, but. I thought he was the best forward on the field, apart from Randall. I agree. And I like the fact yeah. that Peter Sterling, very astute judge, said he'll be the best forward in front row in the game within the next few years. So uh, he's correct. Um, we should save this. We'll save some of this stuff for our review shows uh, when we do some team-by-team -team analysis. But um, very, very quickly, Fogarty is a six. Does it work? Yeah, yeah, no. Not with... Well, I'm not, not oh, with, sexy, with Sexton inside, yeah, probably yeah. does. Fair enough. Uh, they're both going to be pretty structured, though, so they're going to probably need a 13 that's pretty quick. Or, or an AJ Brimson. Get in and around. Yeah, or an AJ Brimson. Yeah. Nothing to add, Ollie? Oh, 
I, I agree, but I think I have a feeling the Titans will sh- try and shoehorn AJ into 5'8", probably alongside. Mm-hmm. Or you, you well, brought up if Sexton. If they've said but, Sexton's a 7, where does, yeah. does Fogarty go to 14 now? Put some weight on, go to 13 or 14. Yeah. Well, Br- Brimson would be the smartest option at 14. He might even I end up at 9. Like Isn't Mitch Rain been pushed out? Yeah, yeah so, and, and, and there was... There was a chat that he played under age forty at nine. Is that right? He won a he he won the uh, he won the Holden Cup Player of the Year twenty seventeen and played hooker all year. So he, he can play hooker. There you which, go. Which I got no problem like with. But, um, no problem with that. But my God, it's uh, a lot of tackling to do when you think well, isn't it? Anyway, let's get to the main event on Saturday, which was the Rabbitohs sixteen knocking off the Penrith Panthers ten. And I felt pretty, not not necessarily on a scoreboard, but pretty comfortably held Penrith. Yes. Uh, who produced uh, probably their worst full-strength performance of the year. You may as well do stats first, Barn, and I'll... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, more. we had one try to the Panthers, two to Souths. One out of one conversions played one out of two for Souths. Two out of two penalty goals for Penrith and three out of three for the Rabbitohs. 75% completion played 84%. 30 out of 40 sets played 37 out of 44. Four line breaks for both teams, 21 tackle busts to 28, eight offloads to nine, two force dropouts from both teams, zero 40 20s, 370 tackles made by Penrith, 322 by South Sydney. Uh, Fisher Harris missed five tackles, made 32. Martin missed four, made 30. And Staines missed two and made four. Gay Guy missed four tackles, made 13. And Cleary and just uh, Cleary and Reynolds both missed two tackles and made thirteen. Um, no supercoach points, so how about it? So it turns out this Wayne Bennett bloke can coach. It turns out Craig Bellamy can coach too, because apparently he stopped um, the greatest player we've ever seen since Farlett played fullback. Apparently, uh, <laughs> hang but, on one second. Sorry, no. I just missed the last bit of one. He made fifty-two tackles. Kulamatungi made forty-one. Crichton with two hundred and ninety-three meters, and Tom Burgess with two hundred and twelve. Sorry, I'm just reaching to the fridge. Oh, sorry, up. yeah, I missed the whole line there. Three ruck infringements to two. Seven penalties conceded by Penrith. Five by Souths, and twelve errors to nine. So um, apparently Wayne Bennett's not over the hill. Then is what is that? What you're trying to tell me? He's fucking fair way up there. I've missed, uh... <laughs> hey, you should see my comment section. Some people. I've missed the uh, Colonial Hotel Warrington. So I'm on the Furfies yeah, nice. this afternoon. Is my uh, frothy of choice, but uh, they sort of sent the template for that in that last game where they exposed the middle of Penrith with Cam Murray and Cook. Uh, that real quick, real explosive, up-tempo footy. up-tempo footy. And when they lost Luttrell, they went and said, okay, let's do this and let's throw Kolomitangi and Sewer in as well. And they they owned Penrith. Absolutely. They just, Penrith's forward pack didn't know what hit them. And it was for a forward pack that I've waxed lyrical about for a lot of this year, I don't think they had any answer. At least it felt like they had no answers. They were... Struggling for a long way, and I'm just again looking at the stats here. Um, yeah, well, I'll throw this. I, I did it. I did the start and pack for both teams, and the best player off the bench for running meters. Yep. 491 running meters by the Penrith team compared to 768 running wow. meters from the South Sport. And pack. that's this is a team that's been doing that to other teams all year. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It, uh, well, 
like I said, the structure I, I think is why it happened is they turned him inside and uh, narrowed the point of attack and then had to make them work their way out. But Fish Harris looked a bit underdone, if not exposed. Uh, He's still there, maybe probably they, close to their best. Though. He probably was. Uh, maybe they missed Sorensen a little bit. Maybe <laughs> they missed Leota a little bit. I don't know. I can't imagine. They missed Leota a big time, I think. Uh, but, I, but I don't know if they missed him enough. Maybe they would have made a difference and we'll find out this week. Uh, they also missed uh, their fullback, which didn't help some of those meters because we know we're not getting a lot out of their replacement fullback. And Crichton made 300. He did make 300. Uh, I was, mm. Yes, I was looking at Charlie Staines, actually. Crichton 190 actually pretty something. good. Uh, Crichton actually last month has shown a little bit of what he might be capable of. Yeah, I dare say he'll be a fullback in a couple of years from yeah. now. Uh, but that all being said, Souths were tremendous. They laid this platform and, and the Fords owned the game. It was... They bashed Penrith out of it, and Penrith didn't have a lot of uh, lot of answers. They uh, and I think they got flustered. I think it was in their head, and um, good old Ivan bought it himself. But the minute when you heard some of the the audio from the exchange with Eisenhoof, and then all the boys going, "There it is, boys! There it is, boys!" Oh, it was like it was. It reminded me so much of like bad cricket sledging when you know Barney and I used to get into. <laughs> The um, twenty-year-olds we used to beat, all the you know the eighteen-year-old superstars we used to sledge out every week, and it's like oh, and then the game was lost. It was like the heads just all they lost uh, their mojo in a way, or lost their cool, and that was the end of the game. That they didn't really. They have definitely lost their cool, and, especially in attack. And it played into South's hands because they're the first team to lose their cool, and they didn't have to this game. And very cleverly, Benji was on. Um, Early enough to sort of rein in some of this stuff. Or not early enough, he played 20 minutes. He felt like he was on a longer, lot longer than that. I think he came on early, but he was given a... He was off pretty yeah, early he did. as well. Anyway, he might have given... I think he gave Cook a spell at some point. But anyway, uh, they kept it... They kept their call and um, prevailed. Like, end of the day, they outplayed Penrith. Simple as that. And I tweeted out in the night, and having watched the game since, there's less... Less behind it, but I tweet out at night. I'd be super excited if I was a Parramatta fan right now. But I thought they were <laughs> exposed, and it takes it takes Parramatta to step up to that. But I think Penrith are uh, beatable this week. Uh, but we'll worry about that later on. What did you take out of this, Barn? I thought um, Penrith were actually they were set up for South to play the way they've been playing all year. Go straight to the edges, and they, I'm guessing they spent a lot of the time on their working on that left hand, their right hand side defence. South's left-hand um, yep. side attack. But Souths went the other way and went through. They, they basically played the way Melbourne, uh, Manly should have played against Melbourne. Yep. Back through, the, at least not dominate the middle, but at least get a foothold in the middle and show them that you're there for the fight in the middle because Souths didn't really go to their edges until they had the middle well and truly shot. Well, isn't it funny that the two teams and the, the two better better coaches won, the two teams that coming into the game were sort of in the media made out they need to play this way to beat. So Manly would had to play wide to beat Melbourne and it was and that they game was turned around. Mm. And Rabbitohs had to play wide to beat Penrith and they didn't. Both teams well Manly outthought themselves and I think Penrith outthought themselves. South's best um, forward performance but in the entire year. Absolutely. Yes. Um every single one of them stood up. Um, some are a little bit taller than others, but um, like you had two Penrith forwards run over 100 metres. One was Yo, who just does, you know, he's just plugging in and just doing his work. He's not destroying blokes and 
cause and um, chaos in the middle. And then Kikau, who came off the bench, who was running down that left side. And I think a lot of those metres come from that break that he made towards the end of the game. So there's probably 40 of, 40 of those metres come from there. So um, and then you go to the Rabbits with Burgess with 212, Totola with 140-odd, Murray with 120-odd, Nichols with 100 and then I think just about the rest of them are all 80, high 80s up towards 90 metres a piece as well. So they absolutely came in with a plan and it was to play in behind Penrith Ruck. Um, their middles got very tired very quickly and started missing tackles. And they look like the Sharks at different points there in the way the Sharks have been defended in the middle. They were falling off tackles. They were getting... They were um, not even falling off tackles, but that first contact where the bloke gets bumped off and they make an extra five or 10 metres and then get a quick play of the ball because you've got three blokes scrambling to get in there to make the tackle and then you've got, you know, holes in the in the outsides of it. And it was it was extremely well done by Souths. Um, obviously, there was a really good grubber from uh, the first try for Penrith off um, Cleary. And after that, I, th- I thought he missed a trick. I know Taft dropped his first bomb, but after that, he, I don't think he put in another kick all night except for bomb to the fullback. And there's a point where you continually bomb to the same bloke and he keeps taking them. You've got to start hitting the ground. You've got to start playing the, the long kicks, playing for field position. Whereas Reynolds just drilled it into the corner all night, made Penrith do the hard yards out of their back, their back end and... By the end of the game, their back end was hanging out and they got beaten because they were tired. I think they literally got beaten in a battle of um, endurance in this game. And um, it came because Penrith didn't think they needed to dominate the middle, I think. I honestly think they just thought they could go through the motions and they'd burn them out wide. And Campbell Graham has a big, big say in that. He was brilliant in defence. he, week on week, he's looking more and more like the best defensive centre in the game. Um, the way he reads plays, the way he covers his inside and outside man, he, he does the work of probably two blokes out there, to be honest, and he's an extremely good defensive centre. Um, just South's, and the South's first contact in defence was brilliant. They generally hit, and if they didn't put him down in the first hit, they stuck and held until someone else came in to finish the tackle. Whereas Penrith, as I mentioned, were getting bumped off and South were making extra metres out of it. So, um, And that ended up being a massive difference in the game. Yo and Crichton were Penrith's best by far. And then you had Kikau coming off the bench. Appy and Burton were, were pretty good. Um, Burton made a few mistakes, but I think that was more him trying to do something because he didn't see much else coming from the inside with Luai and Cleary. Yeah. They, um, they really struggled. I'm not sure what happened there, but their attack was off. Kate Will had probably his worst game of the season. I think it had something to do with that um, glove that he was wearing with his two <laughs> fingers taped together because he he struggled to hang, hang on to the ball and he, he did a couple of things that were in his head. I'm, I'm not sure if his hand was okay in this game. And Staines was just absolutely ineffective. And I mentioned it before the season started and my opinion has changed. I'm not sure he's a first-grade footballer, but we'll no. see how he goes. I mentioned Reynolds' kicking game was fantastic. Walker and Reynolds were a big difference in this game. They directed their team around and their team, their four-pack, did exactly what they needed them to do. So, Ollie? Yeah, I thought the majority of the first half, it was more sort of a feeling-out process, if you will. But neither side really trying to strike early. And as Barney said, sort of just going through the motions. The big difference was, though, um, I'm going to repeat what you guys said. South Sydney won the middle, and, and that's where they had that edge um, in, in that sort of 
that fight out, that sort of feeling out process. South Sydney won that. And then after that, in the second half, that really rattled Penrith. Penrith made some god-awful errors, just absolute stinkers when they were still in with a shot to win the game, even in the last 10 minutes or so. When it was 16-10, they could still win the game. Just some absolute stinkers, and that really let them down. By the end of the game, South Sydney, it was a great performance by them, but Penrith really let themselves down towards the end. They just dropped off. They absolutely rattled, weren't they? Yeah. Like they made some really it, poor... It was, it was a shock. Yeah, it, it was an absolute shock. And I think that comes down to hey, that, how that winning of the cost you, eh? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but even that, that kick-out break with, what was it, five, ten minutes to go? Oh, and oh. They were clearly in a great position. Yeah. To just He should have just ran at the fullback was, and taken the tackle. Was it I think they still two? had another four tackles tackle to go. Like, and then he throws a god-awful offload back inside that South's fallen and, you know, all the momentum goes back the other way. Yeah, it's... Um, do they rebound or has the bubble burst? I think so, yeah. They're probably actually quite happy to play Parramatta, to be honest. We'll get to that in a sec. Uh, and the Parramatta matchup probably suits them because they're going to have to play through the middle, which gets them hopefully back to where they were. But Look... There's a bit made out of it, and it happened in, uh, in Sam Walker's field goal where they had the two markers, uh, three markers, the two blokes running uh, defence <laughs> for him. We saw, we all sat and watched uh, in excited raptures the press conference after the game. Do we take anything out of him? All a bit of theatre, or is it? Is oh, it's it... absolute theatre. I enjoyed every <laughs> minute of it. It's absolute garbage. It's bullshit, and I love it. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. Jeez, um, Ivan came across as a sore loser. A big sook, didn't he? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, just on the markers that you mentioned in the Roosters game, I hate that. Um, clearly, Rain had to change his direction to get between them. I know Annesley came out and said it's all good, blah, 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 but he had to squeeze his way between two blokes that were standing right next to the play of the ball, which just shouldn't happen. Hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, three points to Tom Burgess, shall we say? Yeah. Cam. Two points. Cam Murray. One point. Ooh. Reynolds, Colomatungi, Sewer, Graham. Actually, little shout to Barney. What do you think? I had Burgess with three. I had Yo with two. I thought Yo was tremendous in a beaten okay. side. I think he made forty odd tackles without missing one. 100, 140 metres as well. And then I had either Cook or Walker for the one point. Let's go with... Uh, well, let's go Yo and let's go... Uh, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, let's... Cook or Walker, hang on. Hey, what, what else did you say? I think Murray. Yeah, Murray. Murray should be Murray, Murray the one. one. Yeah, Murray the one. Beautiful. And in a fantastic turn of events, uh, producer Daggy's worked out what's been up with Olivier's, Olivier's, Oliver's <laughs> microphone the whole time. So hopefully you can hear him. No. Speak for us, Holly. No, 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 no. Oh, you didn't work funny. it out. You didn't work it out. Barney worked Barney. it out. Barney's the one radio, mate. Talking. Come on, leave the fearless leader. <laughs> yeah. Let him have his glory. No, but Barney, I'm standing up for you. I'm, try- I'm trying to. <laughs> you can uh, steal my glory. That's fine. Now turn your game up a little bit. <laughs> oh, here we go. Ne- needs to take credit for something. Here we go. How's that? Oh, it's like magic. Oh, magic. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the Sunday afternoon where 28 to 20, the Eels put Newcastle I don't know, eventually out of their misery in a 
less than stellar game of rugby league, uh, which probably won't trouble either any of the teams remaining. But who knows? Uh, winners are winners, I guess. What I are the stats? This was probably the best game. It was entertaining. Don't get me wrong. It was the weekend, but, to be honest. Um, uh, but there's also when you can watch blatant issues with both teams. It's um. Don't get me wrong. The other games could have been better because teams, uh, a few of the teams didn't play up to standard that yeah, they true. should have. But um, we had five tries for Parramatta, four for the Knights, four out of five conversions, played two out of four. Both teams completed at 89%. 39 out of 44 sets, played 34 out of 38. 170 post-contact metres extra for Parramatta over the Knights. Five line breaks to four. 28 tackle busts from both teams. 11 offloads to eight. One force dropout to zero. Excuse me, 363 tackles played 394. Three ruck infringements to five. One inside the 10 by Parramatta. Three penalties conceded to two. Eight errors from both teams. Ray Stone made 50 tackles and snapped 20 blokes in half. Braley made 56 tackles. Papali with 194 metres. Daniel Saifidi with 174. Waka Blake missed three tackles, made nine. Brown missed five and made 36. Pierce missed four tackles and made 26. Hunt and Ponga both missed two tackles and made three. This what game a way to start a game with a kick out on the full. Classic Paramount. <laughs> uh, this game provided the easiest same game multi I've ever put on my life, which was yeah, right. Blake. Hang uh, on, uh, get about. If only disaster class was still going. I know. Hang on, let me pull it up. Who scored? Ferguson, Blake, and um, Tawala all to score. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it an absolute... With the edges, <laughs> both these teams have a defence. It was just an absolute easy bet to have around the $6 anyway. So a little bit late now. But um, <laughs> oh, how am I going to start this? Both teams' edges stunk. Uh, how... Both how any para, it doesn't matter who Parramatta put on the field in a two and a five, they want to rush in off their wing. Uh, Newcastle aren't much better. Bradman Best is maybe the most unimproved player all year, but um, Twala's a fantastic finisher and Home Hunt is too. But in defence, they they're the first to rush off their wings as well, which allowed uh, for lots of points to be scored. That said, this was a weird game in that. Um, for the first half, it felt like there was a 400-kilometre wind from one end, and then for the second then half, there was no wind. <laughs> but pet, the power pack in the first half was fantastic. RCG looked like a world beater in oh, this yeah. game. He was absolutely outstanding for 80 what minutes. What about that one set where he just yeah. smacked three blows? Yeah. It was like four, in four tackles, he just made three of the biggest hits in oh, the game. <laughs> he just looked like... A titan, he was not a Gold Coast titan, an actual well, titan. Hey. But, um, <laughs> but he was tremendous. Uh, Junior Paulo came along with him and was fantastic. Best game of the year by and, a mile from Junior Paulo. Uh, and they just uh, and and Maraca Marada offered uh, sound support as did Papa E. But they owned this Newcastle. Newcastle were making five, six, seven, eight, thirteen meters sets, and the only thing getting out of trouble. Which goes back to your Nathan Cleary point you mentioned before was Mitchell Pierce's kicking game, and yeah. people can bag Mitchell Pierce all they want, but and Clifford wasn't too bad either, actually. But... Yeah, but uh, a lot of uh, Pierce was the one clearing, and and obviously had the tornado behind him apparently, because uh, he was he was making sixty meters off his kicks and and keeping Newcastle in this game. It was simple as that. If he wasn't kicking, if yeah, they could have got blown away in that first half, uh, yeah. and it kept a minute, and then Paris seemed to. You know, get the little para wobbles on. 
Uh, I want to mention the other bloke I want to wrap though because uh, we are some of the harshest critics, as is everyone, is Mitch Moses. Mitch Moses is the difference between these two teams. Absolutely. He's now, since he's come back from his injury, he's gone to another level. He's now in the top top five top five halfbacks in the comp and easily so and and a class player he got Parramatta through this his he, running game was outstanding he ran when he had to run 100% uh, if I was Parramatta I would be putting Dylan Brown on the first plane to Auckland <laughs> and letting him go play hooker and uh, concerns about Gutho because it's now two years in a row he goes miss after about round 20 I don't know if the tank's on empty or what but just don't seem to see him. And one or two nice passes um, to, to finish some plays. Yeah. Um, he did finish the game or the season with bone bruising on his knee, so there's possibly Get something through. there. But he's not. Yeah, he's definitely not getting involved like he was eight, eight weeks ago, um, ten weeks ago from from today. But yeah, but um, you know, enjoyable game of footy. Parramatta just a better team. And because I'm talking, we may as well compare the two. I thought Victor Radley's penalty try should have been a penalty try if this one was, and if not, was more of a penalty try than this one should have been. But am I wrong? I agree. I don't know if Barney will, based off no. of a, a conversation <laughs> we had the other evening. It's because of the um, the vicinity of the defenders. Um, the the only thing with the Radley one was Campbell was still in the vicinity to possibly knock the ball out or hold him up over the line, even though he was over the line and only had to basically drop to the ground to score. Um, there was nobody in front of Will Penasini at all. Ponga had overrun it and slipped over, so he wasn't getting back to make the tackle. There was no one coming across. And Penasini was definitely impeded before he touched the ball. Just the way that uh, the... The arm comes across the hip and then the shoulder sort of bumps into his leg and that makes his feet click together if you do go back and watch it and he just stumbles and he probably he more than likely could have dropped it <laughs> at so any point trying to pick it, it up. Yeah. That well, that well, the way well, that it that, bounced that was, that was, my was going to hit him on the chest. So just the way that his feet were basically taken out from underneath him and he lost all his balance. Um, if he does take it, there's no other option for him but to score. So... Um, I, I do agree that one one should have been played the other way. I think that the only reason they probably did go penalty try because it was only three minutes or whatever it was left in the game and the 10 minutes in the bin wouldn't have been anywhere near the penalty of what the Titans copped when, mm. uh, at the start of the game. So that shouldn't influence the way it went. I thought they were both penalty tries. Um, well, yeah, and you know, if they'd both been given penalty tries... I probably wouldn't have even raised it. I've always said fair enough. Yeah, but. but obviously their their um, whole thing around it was the, the vicinity of Campbell being in a position to still make a tackle, whereas there was nobody in front of Penasini. Um, the drop goal fucking <laughs> – the drop goal kick from Gutherson, they would have been better off coming out and just saying it was simultaneous, to be honest, yeah. and then nobody would have said anything because he, he his foot hits it when it hits the ground, and you could have just said it's simultaneous. It's playing, you know, but that, that, that wasn't as bad as that wasn't as bad as Billy Slater's, and it wasn't as bad as Ben no, Marshall's. So and it was his like, intention to kick the ball the entire time. It's not like he sort of it spilled yeah, out of his hand. The and he, Slater one was and it bounced, and then he just, kicked yeah, it, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which oh, was the. The definitive, like that's what happened with Slater. He dropped it cold, yes, and then sort of kicked it on its way back yeah. up. Whereas this one was pretty much simultaneous when he hit the ground. So, 
Yeah, but yeah, I think they would have been better off just to say it was simultaneous play on, but would have stopped a lot of the chat. Uh, Ollie. Yeah, so just with Penis any, my argument is um, it was obviously impeded. It was tackled before he got the ball. And if he did take clean possession of the ball, he would have ran over the line and scored unless something went horribly wrong for him. The only thing with me is I am not convinced he does take clean possession of the ball if he's not impeded. The main thing I was focusing on was his arms and how he actually went in to take the ball it looked like the ball was just going to go straight through his arms regardless the way he was going in. It just looked like he'd sort of overshot it. Now, I'm not sure if that actually is taken into consideration by the bunker when determining a penalty try or if they just look at the defender and if the player would have had a clear line to score. Because if so, fair enough, it's a penalty try. But I personally just don't believe... Look, obviously you can't guarantee it anyway because it's not happened, but I really think in this situation you can't really guarantee Penasini takes possession of the ball. And, and this is me just looking at his arm movement and how he went in to take the ball. I think he, he just overshot it a bit. He could have dragged it in. I think regardless, it would have been a close call. He would have had to sort of mm-hmm. drag it in quickly before it hit the ground. But I do believe that you can't guarantee he takes that ball cleanly. I don't know, maybe you guys disagree. No, I'm, I'm inclined to agree the way the, it all happened. I've I seen just, it happen enough. I just thought the way that his hips and his legs were twisted out from underneath him, it, it's got to affect the way that your top half's going because the, the bounce before he gets touched, his hands are on either side of the ball. Yeah, they might be a bit wide, but they are on either side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Fair enough. <laughs> um, that all being said, I'll, what do you make of the game? Yeah, I thought for the first half pretty much right up until probably the last five minutes or so the first half it was a bit of a back and forward game as you guys said from the kickoff the kick out on the full by Gutho which directly led to the first try of the game scored by an yeah, minute and a half. yeah <laughs> um so power are a little shaky in that sense to start it's definitely not the start they would have wanted but they end up slowly coming back into the game they got sort of back into the grind a little bit with Newcastle in that middle part of the first half and then as soon as Moses scores that try, the momentum flips and Moses just goes on to completely control the game, in my opinion. As someone who during the year was waiting for him to have his first bad performance after uh, re-signing with the Eels, he's I think he's probably had a couple of poor performances this year, but for the most part, he's been solid. And a great game here where, you know, Para are known for going missing in finals football and towards the end of the season, he's usually the main guy who goes missing for him to stand up and to still be playing with this form is actually huge for him. And it's huge for him going into this game against Penrith. I can only guarantee that if Parramatta are to win against Penrith, he's got to be man of the match um, leading that team around the park. So that's, that's a big takeaway for me, Moses. Again, your Paulos, your Papali'is and Regan Campbell-Gillard, the forward pack was just solid. And it's a forward pack that has been disappointing sort of probably from round 20 onwards, but one that is generally and for the most of this season has been good. Seeing them come back into form as well is huge. And for the most part in the second half, although Newcastle think they got a try or two back, um, I think they were poor, relatively poor, and they just didn't really have any answers for the Parramatta onslaught. Great. Um, And I'll get you to turn your game down. You sound terrible. (laughs) (laughs) As you mentioned, um, I agree with pretty much everything you've said there. The minute and a half being behind is probably not the way you want to start a semi-final. But um, 
the forwards went pretty hard at each other, for the, especially in that first half. Um, both teams were coming out and having a, a pretty good crack. But Parramatta just seemed to have more forwards going forward than the Knights. The Knights had two or three guys, whereas pretty much the entire pack for Parramatta just continued to play at least a good 60 minutes. And um, that's what got them on top. And once, once uh, Mitchell Moses gets some time and space... On his hands, he can run, he can kick. He's got the skills to be a very good number seven when he's um, when his game's on. So, and in this game, he absolutely was. It's fifteen runs, five tackle busts, line break, line break assist, try, try assist. He was absolutely everywhere. Um, I thought Ray Stone's effort in defence was critical for Parramatta to hold together the middle. He was outstanding. I don't, I'm not sure I've seen a better effort in defense for a long time. Like I know he's just gone, ah, oh, fuck being a hooker. I'm not running the ball. I'm not, I'm just going to pass it to everyone and I'm going to chop blokes in half yep. every time they come near me. And it's some of those tackles beautiful technique as well, were fucking outstanding. Yeah. Absolutely. As Kane Evans would say, fucking folding cunts left, right. And center. <laughs> it was, it was brilliant. He, he put fun, some yeah. shots on mate and they didn't want to come anywhere near him. Like uh, uh, different points in the game, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, as Frizzell had his quietest game of the year. I think that had a lot to do with the HIA that he should have been. He should have gone on yeah. Hell, straight yeah. away. <laughs> Honestly, he was gone. I was. We were actually. I was waiting for five, for the next set. The trainer to go. Can we stop the game so we could? Mm. And, and he was gone. He was absolutely spent and uh, he still wasn't right when he came back I'm surprised he no, passed his HIA no, because yeah. he was nowhere near right obviously in semi-finals he wants to play and he somehow convinced them to get him back out there to play but um, yeah as I said Parramatta's forwards just did more than the Knights did both teams put some nice tries on with cutout passes there was a few times I know you mentioned that the wingers come out but there was once or twice there was once for uh, for the Knights where Ponga just beat him with a pass. It wasn't the bloke no, coming in. He was in the right position. He just got absolutely done with the cutout pass. And there was another one for Parramatta as well when I think, I'm pretty sure it was Gutherson. I know Moses threw the cutout to Ferguson and it wouldn't have mattered if the bloke was standing in front. You know, he would have had to have been standing directly in front of him to stop it. So um, there was some nice backline plays, but yeah, so... I thought Ponga and Tuala, they've got a good combination there. There's obviously something going on if they keep going. I thought Clifford was probably better than Pierce. Okay. Um, overall, um, I thought he did a little bit more, he, a little bit more for their attack. Um, I know Pierce's kicking game was brilliant, but I thought Clifford actually offered a little bit more in the ball playing stakes than what Pierce did. I watched, oh yeah, I know. I watched that game and sat there and thought, you know what? If Pierce is coming to the Tigers next year, I'd actually be okay with that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm not saying Pierce was bad, not a, yeah. not in the slightest. I'm just saying I thought Clifford probably outshone him slightly uh, on the day. Braley and Barnett were the best forwards for the Knights. Um, Braley's uh, very similar to Stone. Obviously, he doesn't hit as hard anywhere near as hard, but he's he's a, he's a rocking defense that you can rely on. I think to, he's led the, to hold I'll, up your middle. Do the stats in the. Um, oh, he's got the most tackles for the yeah, entire most season. In the end, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've got all those stats Perfect. here as very well, good, very but. Good. Uh, Probably might save them until next week, but yeah, we um, yeah. I do have all the stats for the entire yeah. season. And um, Barnett was really good again, as you mentioned, he's been getting better week on week. The bench, the Newcastle's bench for the first time, I think, this season, I thought they were actually better than Parramatta's bench because Parramatta's bench didn't have a lot. Now, um, it turns out they just left Madison out, yeah, like, apparently. Well, they're still, I think I heard today someone was saying that he was injured, but. 
Yeah, it's a smother. Yeah. I've heard from a couple of sources that they just... He's been brought back this week, apparently. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yes. Um, you read on Dylan Brown, Bob? He doesn't seem to have a, a position in this team, to be honest. Oh, his defence is, is really good for a half. Oh, um, but there was, lends, does lend towards there was some being lazy a, stuff. There's some lazy being stuff a hooker, maybe. But um, well. he just doesn't seem... They don't have any sort of set work for him to do. He just sort of floats around and if there's something to do, he could jump in. But other than that, they don't seem to have a direction for him to play. Well, yeah, even when Moses was out, it was the Arthur and uh, Penasini show, wasn't it? So, uh, Absolutely. Maybe he's better off. Maybe he's already on the boat. Well, I shouldn't say on the boat. That's very bad. I didn't mean it that way, everyone. Maybe he's already on the plane to New Zealand. <laughs> um, Paulo, I thought, was the best forward like for the entire game. He... <laughs> He, I haven't seen him do that much work in a game ever, mm. ever, ever, ever in his entire career. He he made 40-plus tackles. He was running the ball, bouncing off guys, offloads. He was fantastic. Papa Lee was back to close to his best. Um, and both centres for Parramatta were pretty strong. I thought Panasini and uh, Wanga Blake with ball in hand are very much trouble for opposition sides in defence. Um their defense isn't the best in the game, but with ball in hand, they're both um, they're both very good ball runners. So. I agree with Waka Blake. I think uh, for I've said it before for a much maligned player, by particularly para fans. I think he's a, a good footballer. Obviously, we're all going to go with Moses for three points. I'm pretty sure I had Paulo with two, and then I was tossing up between Barnett or Tuala with the hat trick for one point. Yeah, stuff the winger. I had. Uh... <laughs> I had RCG or, or I had RCG. Yeah, we'll one. give it the Parramatta because yeah. Knights aren't going to play again. Make RCG for one. Yeah. Uh, and I could have put him for two actually, but yes, that's I've got no issues with that. That sums up our look back at semi-final time. Now we look <laughs> forward to, what is, what is this called? Preliminary final? Semi-final. This is semi. Last week was prelim. Last week was quarterfinals. This week's semi. Next week's preliminary. I thought they had a, there's a qualifying in there somewhere. They have a stupid well, qu- quarter slash qualifying. Oh, whatever. It's weird. It's a <laughs> um, there is we zero, go from but, eight to six to four. Yeah, to no, two. but they had um, because yeah, the reason they yeah, who I don't know they have semis a week early in my opinion. Whatever. Uh, I whoever, always thought the semi was the yeah. game to get into the grand. Yes, final, but it's but not it in this be. case. It should not be, anymore. but that's a qualifying mm-hmm. final. In every other professional sports yeah. competition in the world, the semi-finals well, it used to be as well in the NRL. Yeah, but, but yeah. now that was marketing or some shit. Anyway, <laughs> Seagulls play the Roosters on Friday night. It's a Mackay again. Both games Mackay, aren't they? So very good for them. Give Suncorp a couple of weeks off, I suppose, as well. Uh, Manly, Travojevic, Saab, Parker, Harper, Garrick, Foran, DCE, LOA. They welcome Croker back at nine. Tapao, Olakawatu, Schuster, Jake, Walker, Lawton, Kepi, Paseka round out the bench. And for the Roosters, they lose Takiyahu and Verrills, which are two pretty big outs. Yeah, that hurts. Tedesco, Tupo, Morris, Kieran, Ikovalu, Lamb, Hutchinson, Quirira Hargraves, Marshke now starts at hooker. Liu starts at prop. Crichton, Tupanua, Radley, Walker on the bench. Butcher, Butcher, Baker. Round out their bench. Where did, I was waiting for candlestick. Maybe yeah, I know. Come this week. too often, but yeah. Well, I had no <laughs> Is there questions there. around Josh Morris? Didn't do I remember uh, incorrectly when he went off, busted towards the end of the game? They reckon he'll be fine, and someone else is fine. 
Oh, cheese will be fine. Uh, but yeah, that's for yeah. down the road. Uh, here we go, semi-final time. How do these two line up, Ollie? And who are you tipping? Um, I feel like it could be a bit of a closer game than I think a lot of people will expect. I feel like the Roosters will still be well up for the fight. And if there's any coach other than Craig Bellamy or Wayne Bennett who can shut Tom Travojevic down or create a game plan, I think it's Trent Robinson. Knowing Trent Robinson and what he said about you know planning for games and stuff in the past, he probably would have been staying up all night on Thursday before the Roosters had even played the Titans and would have been working on that game plan for Tom Travojevic just in case they got through and they had to play him. He would have been, that that would have been his focus, shutting down Tom Travojevic. And how do the Roosters do that? Well, I think at first they can just try and do exactly what Melbourne did, have the forwards meet him in the middle or have the back sort of back off a little bit, get him into that false sense of security and then ambush him towards the sideline. But if Manly have got a plan for that and combat against it, I think Trent Robinson's the type of coach who would have a plan B to try and shake things up and say, okay, maybe we go at him from this angle. I don't actually think many coaches in the NRL are able to do this, but I think Trent Robinson's one of them. So that's the big, big thing for the Roosters. And you know what? If they can shut down Tom Travojevic, I think their four-pack can outmuscle Manly and then possibly we get an upset that way. I'm not tipping it, but that's how I think it had happened. With Manly, I think they've just really got to play the way they have the majority of the season. And if the Roosters are unable to shut down Tom Travojevic, well, he's the best player in the game at the moment. So I think that pretty much means Manly victory. I am going to go 1-12 to and I am going to say, I'm going to say DCA man of the match because I feel like the Roosters, at least for a short period. I don't think they can sustain it for the whole game, but I feel like they can throw Tommy off a little bit. So I think it'll sort of be enough for at least uh, Cherry Evans to have to take control for a bit and do enough to get the three po- my three points next week anyway. And first try scorer, I'm going to go Ruben Garrick. And, oh, yeah, I already said, man of the match, uh, Daly Cherry Evans. I'll go 1-12, to 12, though. Isn't it interesting, uh, we... It's never really mentioned what a fantastic defensive Teddy, uh, defensive fullback Teddy is. He uses the sideline better than anyone. even the Beaufort thing on the weekend. He he sort of he took away the line, so he he had to run back in. But he did it so well. He did it in Origin. He's done it a few times. Where, where, sort of half covered the outside. If, half where he somehow manages to cover yeah. two blokes in one play and give the defence scramble enough to. The defensive scramble enough time to get back. So he's he's the best at it. And uh, if we're saying that the sidelines, the the best defence against Tommy, maybe there's a little ace in the hole for Teddy. But Barney, what are you doing here? Oh, well, both teams I thought were unusually quiet in the forwards in this game and I'm expecting it to change. I think both teams are going to come through the middle. I think Manly need to leave Tommy out of the game for 15 minutes, to be honest, and just make get that platform that they didn't they didn't put. But that's what they did so long for... When Tommy first came back, and I'll, and I'll never forget because I was at Game Anzac Day where he literally didn't touch a ball till the 25-minute mark because I said to no. the, the father-in-law, geez, Tommy hasn't touched a ball yet. Next, no, two minutes later, it was 18 nil. But, um, <laughs> You're right, but they let him work into the game, whereas I think... Yeah. It, and they don't need to worry about points. Their yeah. points will come. If they can well, absolutely uh, get that yeah. middle down pat, then their points will come. Um, I think the Roosters got a slight edge in the middle over Manly. Um but if Manly do enough to hold the middle, then I think the Manly's back line 
have got a slight edge on the Roosters, to be honest. I think I'm expecting the Roosters to try and grind away through the middle and play the edges with the with your Crichtons and your um, Tupanuas and trying to basically pressure the halves and the centres into making um, making defensive errors and score their points through there. But um, I think Manly will um, go through the middle and try to play in behind the ruck for the first probably 15 to 20 minutes and then start going a bit wider and then score on the outside edges with your Tommies hitting Garricks and Harpers and um, and your Saabs. So I'm going to go Manly 1-12. to DCE is man of the match also. I think he's going to have to um, – his kicking game is going to be crucial in this in this one, especially if it is a middle battle. And I think Harper might, might score the first try, brush off one of his worst performances of the year and hopefully have a good one in this one. I wish Takiyaho was playing. I, <laughs> I'm i going to tip the Roosters. I, I yeah. think – they can bully this forward pack and and play a similar game to not a similar game to Melbourne, but can bully enough. They are obviously missing most of the key ingredients Melbourne have, but can bully this Melbourne forward pack enough, uh, manly forward pack enough, where it can be a a twenty four sixteen slog, and that can potentially play back into Teddy's hands. He's probably going to touch a ball a lot a lot in this game, and I can see this being a a, a grinding affair where they get over the top. That being said, you know, if they if Manly were to win by forty, I'd say, okay, fair enough. Bruce had a good season. Uh yeah, they're probably just missing that one or two, you know, Verils and and Verils as well is a massive out. Like it's just chip after chip. But just going the upset, uh, on the on the fact that they might be able to bash this forward back into submission and would not be surprised uh, if it went the other way. As you've said, first uh try scorer, Angus Crichton, man of the match, will obviously be Teddy if they're gonna win. Well, the one thing I didn't mention, I expect Manly to win one to ten. But if the Roosters gift Manly as many points as they gifted the Titans, the Manly will win by thirty. That's right, and and I agree for all that. So we'll see what uh, they can produce in the absolute clutch. Let's get to the ten to eight game on Saturday night, the Battle of the West, Penrith and Parramatta, again from Mackay. Penrith get Dylan Edwards back, uh, which is a big in actually. Leota Sorensen. Both back as well. They read Edwards, Crichton, Momorowski, Burton, Tuo, Luai, Cleary, Leota starting prop, Coruscant, Fisher, Harris, Kickhouse starting, Capewell starting, Yo, Kenny, Sorensen, Tavita, Pengai, Liam Martin on the bench, Para, Parramatta, Gutherson, Dunster, Panasini, Blake, Ferguson, they're two different people, Brown, Moses, <laughs> Campbell, Grickillard, Ray Stone. Paulo Lane, Nia Corey, Brown, Will Smith, Papa'i, Cartwright, and Madison. Uh, what are you doing here, Barn? Oh, I expect Paramount to play exactly the way that they played last week. And um, that's a game plan that we saw last week can uh, bring Penrith unstuck. The only thing that I would say in the opposite of that is Penrith forever in a day semi-finals have been about absolutely winning the middle of the field before you decide to try and start scoring points Penrith didn't do that last week they're going to get an absolute rocket for being as soft as dude I don't think I've seen Penrith that soft in the middle to be honest as I I mentioned in defense I I was comparing them to the Sharks in defense in the middle and nobody wants that so I expect Penrith's middles to absolutely aim up in this game and I same with Manly. Um, they didn't do it last week, and I expect both teams to have an absolute massive output in the middle, in behind the ruck, and then compress the defence and start going wide. 
if Penrith can get the ascendancy, I, I expect them to start going back to the way that they're playing earlier this year, where they they go two or three really tough runs through the middle, and then they hit one side, and the very next play they go directly to the other side of the field. They completely stretch a compressed defense, and then they start scoring points on the edges. And we all know how good Parramatta's edges are for up and in defense and leaving some gaps on the outside. So don't be surprised if you see some Penrith wingers score some tries in this game. The more I think about it, I want to go um, Penrith 13 plus just because I think Parramatta may have played their grand final last week. And I expect Penrith to absolutely be a different team than what we saw this, this time last week. So, um, Penrith 13 plus man of the match. I'm tossing up whether it's, I'm going to go Burton first try. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him as man of the match, to be honest, if he gets time and space out there, he could absolutely terrorize the defense and set up try after try for his winger or even his inside men. Uh, the only other obvi- obvious option is Cleary, but I'm going to stick with Burton man of the match in first try. So excited to see if Parramatta props can reproduce what they had last week because this will be an absolute epic encounter if they do. Uh, that's not the concern for me, though. The concern for me is the edges. Uh, there's no better winger in the game than for getting outside his man than Brian Tuo. He's up against uh, Hayes Dunster, who there's no better winger than getting inside his man. So I'm going first try Tuo. Bizzo might get a hat-trick here. And I, was, I, I, I reckon if Penrith are playing anyone else this week... I'll be ready to put the sword to him, and I think there's still there's still cracks there, so I'm interested to see what happens. But I think Penrith will win, probably 13 plus. They're going to bounce back, uh, and I can see this being a big encounter for 50 minutes. And then once the walls break, Parra will shut up shop and be looking for um, for Mad Monday, wherever that may be up there. Um, man of the match will be it's probably going to be Nathan Cleary. Let's be honest. And as I said, first try scorer Bizza. Ollie, take us home. Yeah, I'm going with Panthers 13 plus as well. I definitely think they bounce back. Really, the only way Parramatta can win is if they do what South Sydney did, and that's win, not only win the middle, but throw Penrith off their game by doing so, sort of give them, give them that shock and that surprise because then Penrith becomes their own worst enemy, just like last week. But I feel like Penrith being a grand finalist last year and one of the top teams in the competition again this year are are too disciplined to allow that to happen so easily again. So I am going to Panthers 13 plus man of the match. I say Nathan Cleary has his big performance um, coming into the, sorry, not coming into, but now that we're in the finals and the first try score, I'm going to say Brian Toto. A big in for me though is Dylan Edwards. He's one of those players who you don't realise how much he means to that side until he's not there because you, you talk about the cracks. The cracks are definitely showing when he isn't in the side, in my opinion, um, and that's a big in. And again, Moses Leota, we talked about that four-pack battle last week. I'm not saying Penrith going to win the game if Leota plays, but he would have helped out it. Um, a ton in that fight back against the South Sydney forwards. So um, big pluses with those guys back in as well. Uh, and I'll add, I'll add Scott Sorensen to that in a, in a lesser way in that he's been fantastic off the bench for him and, and someone they can rely on and they will need him against uh, these blokes this week. Very exciting round of football coming up. Looking forward to both games. Uh, it has been footy and frothy's boys. We'll be back very shortly though on the Spotify feed to talk about our awards and talk about our highlights of the year. Ollie's all dressed up for it. Looking forward to that. And uh, we will uh, 
talk. Anyone, anyone have anything else to add? I was doing a mad sign off and then I had second guesses. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>